Mealy, it's almost winter break. Are you exhausted? I'm like duly exhausted, like my Ford Granada. I wasn't expecting a joke that dumb right out of the gate. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud and upset. Well, one of the main things that's stressing me out. You buy a present. I've got to get this to um, friends in another state. But then it's so exhausting just waiting in line at USPS. Not that they're not hardworking, but it's busy this time of year. An easier way to do it? Stamps.com. How does that work? You can save time, you can save money, you can save stress, all by going to stamps.com and using a special promo code. What's the code? Oh, like, pod. Like you're listening to a podcast now, but just but drop off the cast to keep it fast. And if you use it, you get a four-week free trial. That, that brings you over to January. Free postage, you get digital scale. So go ahead and um, click on that thing and, and mail that stuff. You can even mail something to me. I'm not giving you my address, but if you figure it out, you can mail something to me. Challenge accepted, Internet. Oh, okay, thank you. Neely, I have two problems. One of those. I really love the show on professional development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is. First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love, I can't contain it. And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest? Yeah, where you my never, shirt is. You, you never grew chest hair? Obviously not. Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an unprofessional development t-shirt. Yes, that sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We have buttons. Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, Oh, you listen to that too? Be an unprofessional representative. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very mechanical episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedisco. And I'm Mealy, and today we have with us Chris Botts. He is not a bot. We have not been spammed. But um, <laughs> and I'll stop. I'll, hopefully that'll be the last bot joke that I make. Definitely um, won't be. As we were just explaining off the air, I don't know if you know this, but we have lives outside of when you're listening to us, boys and girls. Tedisco and I were on an episode of a show called Podcast Junkies, okay, with um, Harry Duran. You should listen to that episode, too. And if you're really into podcasts, it's a lot, a lot of ways to, like, learn new podcasts you should be listening to. It's one of the reasons I listen to it. And then someone that was listening to that episode, who's also a podcast, that's why they listen to it, said, hey, I interviewed this guy named um, Chris Botts, who is a teacher, then a principal. And I think he would be good for your show. And so I listened to his episode. It's kind of like Tim Ferriss light where he finds people who are doing things that are, that, that he finds make sense along various job titles. So the people who are doing something and then kind of break down how you do your job and then also how that might apply to other people's lives, professions and stuff like that, I think is, is the gist of what he generally does from, from, from my, um, understanding of her. But anyway, so he connected us and so now Mr. Mr. Botts is 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 here. And now Sticks don't know why we I got to Mr. Roboto is in my head as well. But um I've been called worse. <laughs> are you familiar with that one, Tedisco? No? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Oh not that's Oh you're oh yeah. Whichever. Anyway, if you're not familiar with it, listen to it. Cause Sticks. It, yes, it is. It is quite a, quite a earworm. Don't, don't know, don't know why I got to Mr. Roboto. Okay. okay. But, um. Is the, uh, uh, podcast called Connect, Mobilize, Deliver? That's yes. It. Those are the, also the stages of your Domino's order, by the way. Um. <laughs> you can track it on the app. Connect, mobilize, and deliver. There, it yes. is. there we go. Uh, well, the last step is insulin. <laughs> okay. 
Alrighty. So anyway, we always like to have like goofy prompts for rather than just um, someone reading the resume from oldest to most recent or whatever. So um, and I have no idea how this is going to go, but I was just thinking of just oddball analogies. So see what you can do with it. So describe your education career like a set of furniture instructions. Yeah, this was crazy. Um, I've never heard any. <laughs> I have listened to some of your podcasts, so I love the kind of the intro question there. Um, I took it like um, maybe you've got this piece of furniture. You always have to kind of start with a vision in mind, uh, maybe it, what it is that you even want to build. And so initially mine looked like this big, fancy, prestigious piece of furniture, and uh, we'll call it engineering. And mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be my path. And, you know, in, in terms of the analogy, I guess, getting it home and getting it put together, it didn't fit the, the house. Right. It, it wasn't comfortable. Right. And so I had to go back and, and returned it and found something that was a little bit more me and, and what I felt like was just my, more my personality. Mm -hmm. and so I think that would match the carpet. There it is. Because <laughs> that carpet really ties the room together, dude. It does tie the room together. <laughs> so I went for more comfort than prestige. And, yes. and as I you know, became an educator and now year 23, um, I can't think of a more prestigious career path than, mm -hmm. than being an educator. So um, it's funny how life just turns out that way. But mm -hmm. So I started out with kind of the vision of what I wanted. And then I think with anything, you always have to start with building a strong base. Mm -hmm. And my base from a, from my own education, I started at a community college. I was kind of a basketball junkie. Funny story is I, I got a scholarship to be a manager and, uh, but I played in high school. So I was, I mean, unathletic and, but I played hard. They and give the so, manager scholarships? At, I was about at, to ask at, that same question, but I don't know anything about sports. So I thought it was a dumb one. I didn't realize that was a thing. That's cool. It, it makes, thing. it makes sense though, but yeah. yeah. So a couple of people ended up leaving the team and we were mm -hmm. short players. And so I got called into action. And so I got oh. to play college basketball. Oh, wow. So it was basically Rudy. Um, it, it was <laughs> kind of the same thing. Did yeah. you score the winning, winning basket? Uh, no. And they picked you up on their shoulders. Yes. No, I no. scored like a total of three collegiate points in my, uh, my one okay. year. Okay. That is three more than me for those of you keeping score at home. Yeah. By the way. Completely random sports movies. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Mr. Botts. Have you, have you ever seen The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh? Do you know that movie? No. Oh, my God. Oh, it's... What? I'm sure it's horrible, because I loved it when I was nine. So there's no telling if it was really any good. But, um, and we'll get back to your story here in a second. But then, I, but, I, but I can't, I can't, I can't like... We'll go back to our that. guests talking about their life. But first, yes, but first... Save this movie from when it was nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It starred Julius Irving, by the way. Well, he was, uh, and uh, well, not even started, but he was in it. So, is, the, is, is this as good as the Tony Danza Philadelphia sports movie? It might be. It was basically for those of you that have seen Slapshot, yeah. Major League, or any of those shows where it's just a a hodgepodge of characters that are going to somehow come together and win win the game. But you know, it was the seventies, and astrology was really like the thing back then. So they said. We're just going to assemble a team where everyone is a Pisces. And that's how we're going to make the basketball team. <laughs> wow. So everyone on the basketball team was a Pisces. The only thing I really remember, other than Julius Irving being in it, was there was a guy whose name was Set Shot. And he was horrible at basketball. 
except he could make a set shot, meaning he didn't jump, he would just shoot it. So his goal, and it was this one game where like, okay, set shot, we're going to make you get, t- you're going to draw charges the entire game. <laughs> so all he did was like stand in front of people and get mowed down. And it's just a montage of him getting knocked over. And then each time him coming to the foul line and making, and making the shots and he's bloodier and, <laughs> And falling down, they're like literally right, having to like funny. literally having to carry him to the to the foul line to to win the game at the end. Oh, do they yeah. have to like get him a, a little fold up chair to sit in? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's, so, so um, I think I know what I'm doing this afternoon. Yeah, now. You're watching, you're watching <laughs> the fish to save Pittsburgh, baby. I, I'm sure it's out there streaming somewhere. So anyway, back back to you. All right. Back to your story. So you're at college. You're playing your points in. You're playing basketball. Got my three yes. points, and you know, I figure that's kind of like the base of the furniture. Of um, really got kind of the foundations of math was kind of my was what I was always pretty good at in, in high school. And I, when I say good at, like I was not near the the top of the class by any stretch, but I got it. But I had to work really hard to get it. Mm-hmm. And I, my friend, then I was able to help others because I had to work so hard to understand the concepts. And when I started doing that more, I was like, God, this is what I was, this, this is it. This is mm-hmm. what's going to give me that comfort. Um, so on to K-State after junior college, uh, Kansas State University and math education um, kind of helped build up base, build up the, the, maybe the cushions a little bit more Okay, um, and started to feel really comfortable. And, you know, there was a couple people who took me under their wing uh, once I started getting into the classrooms um, and they let me coach. They let me, they just, I, like I said, they felt, I felt like they empowered me to, to try new things and they made me just comfortable. And cool. so uh, now we've got that and then moving on to maybe um, a little bit more of the design and the, 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 the back cushions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a coat of paint. I don't know. Coat of paint. There we you go. You got to paint those cushions. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the back. Those painted really cushions. Back, it's though. all. It's the new trend these days. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> Such a hard question to try to. Yeah, I mean, the analogy is it's not the best. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I was trying. I, know. I was trying to come something perfect. unique. It's perfect. Yes. Okay. Um. So you know the structure's pretty good, but then it's like, where do you, where are you going to put it in your house? And mm-hmm. so. That next step was determining I wanted to be back somewhere close to my home, hometown. Um, and so I'm right in the middle of Kansas, um, near the Wichita metro area. And so we're exactly in the middle of the U.S. Oh, uh, that's Omaha. So we're a little bit south of there. But okay. Yes. Oh, <laughs> geography lesson. Well, that's there we go. Cool. Counting Crows. I don't know if you guys listen to Counting Crows at all. Somewhere in Illinois. No, I just knew when I had a fold up map, Mr. Kansas was always right on the crease. That's that's exactly right. That's and I think the lead singer dated 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 Courtney Cox for a little bit. Thank yes. you. Correct. Okay. Yes. Which both I are mean, CCs, too, by the way. Counting Counting Crows and Courtney Cox. There's some kind of like some kind of weird alliteration thing going on there. Anyway. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so first job in education then is at an alternative school. Uh, it's called Complete High School Maze, and this is like last century, so like 1999. Okay. But that is actually the year that school opened. So my very first year in education is the very first year that this school opens. And I work in a school district called Mays, and it's kind of a suburb of Wichita back then, pre, you know, upper, upper class, upper middle class, mm-hmm. uh, very white. The premise of the school then is that 
no one thought that a school like that would have kids who aren't successful or kids who aren't graduating high school. Yeah. Right. But, so the, the cool thing was they got this map, like you mentioned earlier before with a crease in it, mm-hmm. but they put little tacks um, at every neighborhood where a kid had dropped out of school over the last five years. And it was in these very wealthy neighborhoods and it helped show the community then, oh, wow, there's there's a need in our school system to have some sort of dropout prevention program. Mm-hmm. So enter uh, me into this new program and I think later on I'll talk a little bit about a gal named Deb Elliott but this really this school was her main vision and so we started a school uh, started with about 30 kids three teachers one secretary and really was just the best it was the best decision I've ever made in my life you don't know that at the time but it taught me everything about education that I would have ever more than I ever dreamt of, of knowing and you know when I was in when I was in college and maybe it's going back to reading the instructions of building your furniture. It's it's the wrong language. I've got the I'm reading Chinese right now because oh, no. when I was in college, they tell you don't smile until Thanksgiving break. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that couldn't be farther from the truth or from what is good for kids. No. And Deb Elliott, this this mentor of mine, showed me that everything is about relationships with kids. Definitely. And and just doing the job. If, if there's trash on the floor, pick it up. It doesn't have to be, it's not the custodian's job or right. if the phone rings and you're near the phone, pick it up. It doesn't have to be a secretary. Mm-hmm. So I learned all of these skills of truly just being an, an, an educator, mm-hmm. uh, someone who works in a school with kids. You just did whatever needed to be done. Yep. And like I said, it was the best education I have ever could have had. I was a young teacher. Um, but felt like I was learning right along with the students as I'm listening to this woman talk about life and how to be successful and hard work and grit and determination. And man, I, it was, it was the best education I've, it was like four years of college yeah. as I was, uh, yeah. getting paid to do so this time. I was going to say, I, I've never been in part of like, I, I, I've been part of like a, a gigantic school, but I imagine, um, when you're at a school like that, that, a, first of all, I'd love to see a reality show that, that, would, that would have that because I think it would be really interesting. And B, it's almost must feel like family almost instantly because there's it's the same people all the time. It's not like you know when you're in a school that's got like you know 50 teachers or 100 teachers and a thousand or, or or a couple thousand students. It's like everybody knows everybody's um, everything by you know the end of the first couple of weeks because it's that's that's we're, we're seeing each other all the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our kids called us by our first names. Mm-hmm. Um, kids could wear a hat. We knew we what? knew their story. How can they learn with a hat on? You know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> the, the knowledge can't get in the brain. The hat blocks it. I saw a scientific study on that. It's true. It's like aluminum foil. It just it blocks out anything the, from going in the head. It does. We like, celebrated when they showed up. We did not care what they were wearing. Right. And, Good. Thank but, you. Like, but in a school that small, how do you find the scapegoat teacher that everybody gets together and complains about? That's true. I, how do that, you do that? That person didn't exist. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the the most. I don't understand. Group of teachers on the planet that they would have done anything for a kid. And That's awesome. the cool thing, what we rallied around, was the traditional school where these kids weren't successful, or maybe they did have a bad experience with a teacher. 
because they didn't smile until Thanksgiving. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was our rally cry that, you know, it might've been that way over there, but we're here now we're here together. We got a common purpose and Mm -hmm. let's go. We're going to, we're going to get that graduation. We're going to get that diploma. There we go. There we go. That's awesome. That's awesome. It sounds, that sounds, um, and it sounds like from what you're saying, because my first thoughts, if someone would tell me, you know, my first year teaching, I went to this school and like, we all had 19 jobs and it was the worst kids in the district and all that. It sounds like it's, it's a recipe for disaster and, and trial by fire and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like kind of like one of those, we're going back to the furniture analogy, those weird, like Ikea pieces where like you, you kneel on the thing and the, and the, and the, and the seat is all in this weird position. Like who, how could you sit on that? And then all of a sudden you go, Ooh, this is much more comfortable than I thought it would be, you know? Right. And, and that just seems well, to, to work for you, it sounds like. When you think about maybe the things that frustrate you in your job, mm-hmm. and and they tr- they exist in education. I mean, there's just roadblocks, there's red tape, there's politics. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those things, they didn't exist there. Like, That's nice. If we felt like it was good for a kid, we did it. There you go. We didn't ask for permission. We didn't, ju- we didn't have to jump through hoops. Yeah. You just did it. Yeah. And if it didn't work, so be it. Good right. job for trying something and yeah, let's go try something new. That's that, cool. That's a good point. Cause yeah, a, a lot of times, like one of my big worries in my school, and I don't even teach at a very large school, pretty average sized, I suppose, but like, I'm always afraid of stepping on toes. Like, okay, if I hold this kid after class to like finish up this test or to talk to them about how they're feeling or why they're sleeping, that's going to prevent them from going to their next class. And I don't even know who that teacher is. And, but yeah, if you got like a small group and you guys are just constantly, you know, gathering together it's, it's a pretty good communal effort yeah. yeah yeah we would meet as a school like every single everybody was together multiple times throughout the day um as a staff just the small group of us we would meet twice a week we talked about every single kid i mean there was not a kid on the list that didn't we didn't know what was going on with them right i mean and they did they had struggles some mm-hmm. were you know teenage mothers we had some who were in rehab mm-hmm. um some just were homeless Right. But again, it goes back to the best experience I've ever could have had as in my role now, especially of go visit them when they're in rehab. And what do you do when they're homeless? I, you, you, I, we learn those strategies and we mm-hmm. learn, I learned Maslow's and right. we learn how to, how to get community involvement and get things brought in that here's some detergent. Here's, here's just little things that yeah. are going to make that we may take for granted in, in our lives, but. For, for some and some kids and families, these things are, it's like finding a pearl and a, you just, it's magic. It, it right. Just, right. It, That's it, awesome. But, but okay. So for that, like I have those thoughts all the time. Like I see kids who are struggling, like, man, maybe I could like bring something in or get something for them. But I'm always trying to find like that solid kind of balance. Right. So how do you, how do you find that balance between like the teachers, the students, the, the admin, the, the district? Like what, what do you do to kind of make sure that's all kind of balanced out and we don't aren't putting too much on teachers to fix all the problems? Um, I think in my role now as a, as a school leader, the, the kids are your why. I mean, this they're the they're why we're there. Right. But we have to take care of the kids, the, 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 the people who, who we entrust with our kids every single day. Mm-hmm. And that means respecting their time. And it means if you put something on their plate. What are you going to take off their plate? 
And, and, and I don't know that that's being done. And it's kind of a goal. We mm-hmm. keep adding and adding and adding mm-hmm. and nothing ever seems to go away. Right. Um, but I think what teachers, at least in the, in where I work at, if we can, can do a good job of communicating with our teachers, what's truly going on with a student or, or their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the past, we've always been afraid of maybe privacy or HIPAA and we, we couldn't disclose too much mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Well, teachers are on the front line battles. They, they yeah. are a need to know situation. Mm-hmm. And I think you can still maintain some privacy, but still at the same time disclose some things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And I think when teachers have that backstory of, of what's going on with the kid, then they, they can pull their resources too and know how to better help meet their needs. And I don't know if that's what you're, the question you're trying to ask. <laughs> I, I feel like we have to, we have to eliminate obstacles for our teachers to do their job. Yeah. 100%. Um, but we have, um, like a space at our, in our school where we call it Maslow's Pantry and nice. this great community involvement. Uh, we've got clothes and, and not just clothes for our kids, but we've got clothes for toddlers, infants, uh, diapers, shampoo, soap, deodorant, all of these things, canned food, anything that if a, if a family or a kid walked in, um, they take a bag and just grab what they need. No questions asked. You know, we trust that it's going to go to a good place. One of the smart things I think, and I'm sure we're not the only school doing it, but I thought was really cool that they do at my school. So we've got like this um, communities and schools. And so they have things like food, um, you know, deodorant, uh, you know, just kind of needs that, that, that homeless kids or kids who are, you know, impoverished need. And so what they do is they have, the step one is they give a kid this um, black book bag. And then what they can do is they can exchange it. There's like a full one for an empty one so that the kid, when they're going around school, they, they, they look the same. No one's seeing them with like, you know, like a grocery bag going, why do you have that? Do you, you know, do you not have, and then, and then that kid has all that, you know, I have to explain that, well, you know, what the deal is with them. So, but just to kind of keep the, um, the kid safe in terms of um, feeling um, self-conscious about what's going on. So they just like, you just they bring like the empty book bag, they get, they get the full book bag and they just kind of like walk out with what they, with what they need. And I think that's really cool that they, that that's they a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. My first year teaching I had a kid who, who got something like that. And I was teaching eighth grade. So it was at a middle school. And so a uh, boy was called down to the office. He came back with, with that black backpack. Mm-hmm. immediately like opened it up and just started giving out everything to everybody around them. I was like, no, <laughs> take that home. Your friend does not need Mac and cheese. Yes. Oh, that's funny. That's good. Yeah. But what yeah. a good heart that kid has. There, right? there you go. There you go. Hey, professionals, pardon the interruption. We're always looking for resources that can help us. And we know that this has been a really tough year. So that's why we are proud to announce our, our new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is awesome. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely and online. So you can send a message to counselor anytime. You get timely, thoughtful responses. You get scheduled week video or phone sessions. It, it's awesome. It, it has everything you need. And it's more affordable then traditional online counseling and financial aid is available if you need it. Uh, Licensed professional counselors are available. They're specialized in depression, anger, family conflict, stress, anxiety, grief, 
LGBT matters, self-esteem, sleeping, trauma, relationships. I'm pretty sure that's everything. The only thing they need to add in is losing a monopoly, and I'm pretty sure that's the whole gamut. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash listener. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash listener. Stand professional. Tell us about a fellow educator who had a significant influence on you early in your career. So, you know, when we get into education, it's very nebulous. It's very complicated. It's very complex. So who was, you know, one person or, or a few people who, you know, when you were first getting started really helped you hammer down exactly what is education and how do you do it? So like I mentioned earlier, there's a, as a small staff, I had, I was one of really four staff members. Uh, one was a secretary. So two other certified teachers, um, Deb Elliott would be the first and Ted Kozicki was, um, a teaching counterpart. Deb was more of the administrator. So her background had been like counseling. She was a head counselor at the traditional high school and was the one who really saw, um, uh, this need for, for our school district. And so, um, she had this vision of starting the school and what it would look like. And, but again, she was, her story is remarkable in itself. She was a teenage mother, um, got pregnant in high school, ended up dropping out of high school. Um, her, her husband, they got married, you know, after, um, Michelle is, was the child's name after Michelle had been born, they got married, moved to a small town in Kansas. She worked, waited tables, took care of the kid while he went and got his education. Um, once he got his education, then she went back for hers. And it was, it's just kind of this remarkable story of, um, overcoming something in life that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would talk about how they didn't have back then when the mail came and somebody mailed something and there wasn't enough postage on it, you would actually have to pay the postage when it got to your house. She could round up, round up like seven cents to pay the postage on something that had come in. And, mm-hmm. and so just her fight for her life and for the, the most, the well-being of her, of her child who had just been born. Um, the cool thing, kids couldn't go to her and say, tell their sob story and, and why they couldn't do something because <laughs> you weren't going to tell her otherwise because right. by God, she did it. She right. is, li- she was living proof that no matter what house you're born into or what your last name is, you have the opportunity with hard work, with a plan, with a vision, with grit. Yes. You can overcome these things. And right. so, but me along with the kids, we're just sitting there like in awe of man. I want to be like this person. She just was so inspiring of of not only our young students, but our staff as well. So we together um, learned about how to take care of kids and how to, how to teach them. And the most important thing may not be learning the quadratic formula today. Right. It's celebrate that they're here because that they haven't been here in three days. And yes. And why haven't they been here and truly getting to know, your kids, mm-hmm. not just on the surface, but know their story. Yeah. And when you know their story, um, they're going to respond better and, and you're going to have empathy and you're going to be able to reach them no matter what. Yeah. So that, that's what she taught me. And she taught me, you know, like 
it's the job. You, it, there's there's no titles. Quit worrying about what your title is. If mm-hmm. it needs to be done, do it. Yeah. Having that balance of that empathy and accountability at the, at, at the same time. It's like, okay, yes, I understand. And, and yes, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cry together. But also like our, our job is to learn, you know what I mean? And, and we might have to, you know, celebrate you just being here or talk to you about, you know, whatever the, the, the challenges at home. But at the same thing, there's going to be an expectation that you're going to do something towards, um, improving yourself and learning what we, what we need to learn as, as we do this. Yeah. You, you remind me of just a pet peeve I have. One thing that always upsets me, always, n- and endlessly. We have kids who will not be there for days at a time. We'll miss school constantly, you know, everywhere. And I hate when a kid finally does come in, and then a teacher starts giving him grief about it. Oh, you showed up today? Yo, what lesson are you teaching this kid? That right. when they walk into school, he's going to get more stressed out? Stop that. Shame hey. on you. Yes. Welcome. So glad you're here. Yes. Yeah. I'm we so, like, I get excited when I see him. Yay! I'm so that, glad I missed a, you. Yeah. How are you? Like, yeah. Make them yes. feel welcome and maybe they'll want to come back. That's mm-hmm. literally right. what welcoming is. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I think probably just to add one more thing about what did she teach me? You don't have to have things that measure or scale all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so many schools are worried about a graduation rate or a um, how many kids were suspended or or the test at the end of the year right or state assessments gosh dang <laughs> I'm not saying that they don't have a place because I think you can learn about how your school can become better by looking at certain pieces of data but that's not what's most important right, right. you know loving your kids there's not a there's not a scale for that there's no. that, that doesn't measure right but but when they enjoy coming to school and want to be there and when they graduate, give you the hug and say, I wouldn't have made it without you. You're not going to find that on any accountability report. Mm-hmm. We just, I, I believe MIT is working on a gadget that can measure your love for your students, though. <laughs> it's a counter that ticks. Oh, I, I yeah. measure in at 47 cotters. Yes. Yes. You wear, <laughs> you wear the little, it's on your Fitbit. You can, you can, you can tell. <laughs> There's an app for that. Yes, I got my I got my ten thousand good vibes in today, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I've been doing the, I've been doing the right thing. So, um, so and you mentioned that you're a school leader, and so what what's your actual position that they that they call you? Yeah, you know, don't worry I'm, about I'm, titles. I he just I'm taught the, us. I'm the principal at Mays High School. Okay, um, okay. we've got about thirteen hundred kids, uh, hundred and thirty seven total staff members. Four, okay. Sister principals, a little larger yeah. than the other school. So, yes. so, uh, yes. so, so as you as you as you're now the big boss man, um, but who also has bosses, okay, and then people who obviously know how to do your job better than you, because you know everyone knows how to do their, the principal's job better than the principal. Um, how do you balance? Like we're talking about those kids and all their needs and trying to you know. Um, Maslow them and, and love on them, but also there's teachers who have been through a pandemic and who are, um, have these things that the district is doing there. And then the district's telling you that you need to check these boxes. There's a school board who I don't know, depending on where you are. Some school boards can literally fire teachers and principals and some. So you're serving like 17 masters, it seems, as a principal. How do you find that balance? And what are, what are some, some things you can, um, what are some principles? Um, if uh, I get it. 
I see yeah, what you did there. Oh, I did it. Oh, my God. <laughs> then you, you can kind of share, really. share with us that will um, that will help some of our principal listeners or maybe our teachers that are listening understand um, um, how it is that you do your job. All right. That's that's such a great question. And, and I came up I, with it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have my sole responsibility is to serve my teachers and my kids. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Um, the parents, the school board, the upper administration. Um, I, my job is to communicate with them, mm-hmm. and I think serving and communicating are, are two different components. Mm-hmm. Um, now, ultimately, yes, I have accountability if, if I'm being tasked with doing something, but I also feel like um, I have to speak the truth of what I see on the as. I feel like I'm boots on the ground. I mean, I, I, I'm that kind of leader. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a pretty good pulse of where teachers are at, um, what's going on with the kids. And I feel like when we go to those upper administrative meetings and we're talking about things coming down the pike or this initiative or that initiative, I feel like I have to, I'm the voice for my kids and for my teachers. Mm-hmm. And yes. And I, I'm a, I got in a pause. I have a great upper administration. My superintendent, uh, unfortunately, is uh, resigning at the end of the school year. Uh, he has been an amazing superintendent to work for. My assistant superintendent is is hard worker, sharp. I mean, I I love working with all of them, mm-hmm. and they have more accountability to the school board than than I would. So right. it's that hierarchy thing. Yeah. And so they have some accountability, but so it's finding the balance of. Okay, if you're wanting, say, this initiative to get done or we need to have this training, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I think we need to be mindful maybe of a time frame here that's going to be more conducive for our teachers, mm-hmm. uh, but not that's going to be less interruptive for our kids. Education things move. We want change now, but it's a process, and I, I, it's so hard. I think the farther away you get from kids and farther away you get from schools, you want change like immediately. Mm-hmm. But there's a process you have to go through in order to get there and to get there successfully. Yeah. So if we're implementing, say, a new curriculum, we can't just say, OK, we're going to start piloting tomorrow and we're going to be ready to go next semester or next school year. I think my job is to make sure that we're we're slowing down. Mm-hmm. We're getting the buy in from the people that we need to get the buy in from. Yeah. We're hearing them. We're, mm-hmm. we're truly asking them questions of. What is best? They're the they're the content experts, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, and so we theoretically. Have, <laughs> not I, and my I don't think it's theoretically. I think it's they are. Oh, well, the districts do. So there anyway. you go. Being, I guess, an advocate for teachers is is my role. Mm-hmm. Being an advocate for kids is my role, and not being afraid. And I think that's a leadership aspect. It's one of my if it's uncomfortable, I'm still going to say it if it's what I believe is best for my kids or my school. But I feel like sometimes in leadership, you have to be the voice for those who don't have the voice. You glossed over something that I think is really, really important and very difficult for a lot of administrators. And you said that you tend to like have a really good sense of where your teachers and students are at. How? Because like I see so often administration just losing touch entirely with where teachers are at and where their students are at too. So how do you, what do you do 
to make sure that you're kind of keeping your finger on that pulse? Uh, I, I think the mo- it's, it's a tagline, I guess, but you can't lead from behind your desk. Mm-hmm. And it would be easy for real easy to just sit at my desk all day and answer email. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I would, I could be a really good emailer, <laughs> um, but I, I give my staff at the very beginning of the year, like a warning, like if you send me an email, I will get to it, but it may not be as fast as you want mm-hmm. because I'm not going to live in my office. Right. And so, um, it's before school, it's during passing periods, it's, it's getting into classrooms, um, it's getting in the plan and you want to be mindful of the plan because that's the most important part for teachers, but truly popping in when they have an opportunity to share what's going on with their life. Or, um, if you notice that they were gone, it's kind of like the kids. It's, I'm not going to be rating for being gone. Uh, it's a non, actually a non-negotiable at, at my school is your family comes first. Yeah. If you need to be gone, please be gone. Take care of your kids. Take care of your spouse. Take care of yourself. You have days and you need to use them accordingly because when you are at school, it's my hope that you're giving your best. Right. And right. if you've got, if you had a fight with your significant other one night and you need, and, and that's all you're going to be thinking about the next day, man, take that day off, spend time trying to make things right. So that when you come back the next day, man, I'm ready to go. I'm going to give a hundred percent. Chris so. Potts for president. <laughs> No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's, yes. it's, it's knowing your people. It's, mm-hmm. and, and I have a great team too. I, my administrative team, we, we are very different, but we have the same core values. Okay. And so while I do have a big staff and I, it, it is hard to get into every single classroom and yeah. to talk to every single teacher, they're doing the same thing. So. Some of those early things that I learned at the small school that when we met and we talked about everybody, we do the same with my team. We talk about teachers. We talk about what's going on in their life. What supports do they need? Um, and as an example, we've got um, a brand new special education teacher this year, not a new teacher. She's like 20 years experience, but her first year in special education. And I, that's a hard job. Yes. <laughs> Teaching is a hard job anyway, but learning how to write an IEP and how to have an IEP meeting and these things are, they just started to stack on her. Like it it was, so I told we, we as a team, we met with all of our new people and said, what's going on. She said, I'm just so far behind. So we gave her a school business day, gave her a place to work. Didn't count it against her. You know, she's, she's still working. We got a sub for, she was able to get caught up in a day with no, you know, it's you get oh. kind of lock your door and just get caught yeah. up. And that made the world a difference. Oh, I can't imagine how she must have felt. Yes. Yeah. Like the weight was off of her shoulders now. Yeah. Right. So we're not afraid to do those things. And I think it's important. But another thing that we've done is every person who was new to our district this year, we asked for 10 minutes of their day. We scheduled them. They came in. We just had some basic questions. How's, you know, how's it going? What mm-hmm. supports do you need from us? Is there anything that we can do to help you? What's the hardest thing that, in your job? Mm-hmm. And we listen. And when, yeah. when they give feedback, maybe there's maybe there is some things we can do. Maybe there's not. But mm-hmm. we're at least providing them an avenue to, to talk so that we have an understanding of how we can help best support our teachers. Yeah. I think it was about my third year teaching. My principal arranged for us to have 
like a member from the district come in. Uh, when, when I started the school, we just had, we had no curriculum. Uh, it was, it, so we were always far behind. We were always just building the plane in midair. So yeah, they arranged for us to have a person from district come in. They had subs for all of our English classes. And so our whole PLC got to sit down with the district person and just map and plan out the rest of the school year. Mm-hmm. And we just got it done. And it was so nice. Like it was the best day ever because we just had the rest of the school year ready. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah. Just, it's amazing how much six hours can, can make a difference to um, a teacher when, when it's um, at the right time and they're, and they're given some um, freedom to do what they know they need to get done. So I'm um, absolutely the most valuable resource for an educator. Right. I'm looking forward to, we have, Oh, to this guy. Now you're going to be jealous. So we, our, our, our district pays for kids to take the PSAT and it's a throwaway day for the rest of the school. So on Wednesday, um, 10th graders will be taking the PACT, I think, or SAT. I don't even care which one they're taking, honestly. And, a um, test. what? Yeah. They're taking a four hour test. It's a half school day and the rest of us that don't have a 10th grade homeroom, we'll be able to sit in our room for four to five hours with our homeroom kids, which mostly won't show up because they realize that they're not doing anything anyway. And so I will have all of that time to um, be in my room and do whatever it is that I, that I need, that I need to do. So that's coming up on Wednesday and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When back when I taught high school, when those days would come up, I'd turn to my students and be like, so guys, it's a class, it's a school day on Wednesday. Okay. So I'm not allowed to say something like, stay home. <laughs> you don't need to come in. I'm not allowed to say it. So, you know, you make the decisions best for you. Yeah. It's been good times. So, as an administrator, you probably, you know, uh, I don't even know how they like rank or rate administrators, but I know administrators have to come up with like uh, certain new programs and things for their school, right? Uh, new initiatives and such. Have you created any kind of initiatives like that? And are there any that have like turned out totally different or, or, or blown up way bigger than you thought they would? Um, yeah, the, the one that I'm probably most proud of. And again, this is going to come back to my roots of the small school of serving others. When you serve others, it's, it's amazing and it's great. It gives you the good, the feel good. And, um, we did a, what started out as just a couple of classrooms would do like this community service day. We turned into a full wide school wide, uh, community service day where every kid for a day, we didn't, we didn't go to any class. We got out in the community. We served others and it could have wow. been from the honor flight to going and picking up trash at a park to helping at a homeless, uh, kitchen. Every kid had something. And the feedback, and when we did, I mean, it takes a lot of planning. I mean, it was to send 1300 kids out into the entire town for a day. Yeah, correct. (laughs) And it wasn't just, okay, this classroom is going to take my 30 kids and we're going to go do whatever. No, we let kids pick. We wanted them to have buy-in. We Mm -hmm. wanted them to to go to where their heart was, to something they were passionate with. Mm -hmm. So individually scheduling the 1300 kids with staff, finding transportation, making sure they were there. Um, was just this an exorbitant amount of work. And oh, the logistics sound like it's, it's, it's a lot. It was a lot. And I sometimes have a hard time asking for help. 
Um, so it was a lot of it fell on me. I did have some people who just, they saw me and they're like, I'm doing this for you. So <laughs> I just, again, surrounded with good people. Yep. Um, but it turned into, you, when that day happened, I sat back and just kind of watched from afar, the kids, the staff, the community come together, man, my heart was like bursting out of my chest. I was oh. so proud. And when they came back and said, I don't want to wait another year to do this again. I want to do this. We should do this like every nine weeks, man, that that's, yes. that's what it's all about. When, yes. when they recognize that it's not all about me mm-hmm. and that I, there's a, I have a purpose. I have a greater good that I can serve, man. I felt like that's, that's awesome. So proud. So proud. And teachers, just so you know, you don't need to assess that. Okay. They don't need to write an essay about what they learned and have you grade it and all of that kind of stuff. If they, they want to talk about it and you want to have a discussion, that's cool. But please, please don't feel just because you had your kids do that, that the, how can I justify? It? I know I'll have them write a reflective essay. Like you don't have to, you don't, you, just, you don't have to, you know what I mean? If they want to, cool. You know what I mean? If they incorporate into some other task and at that or something that you're doing and they choose to write about that when you're writing on something else but you don't have to do that so i just, just when it comes throw to that positive stuff like that like make it a reward and don't make it a chore right it, it's like when you tell kids like you know if they don't stop talking we're just going to sit and read silently for the whole period i'm like you're punishing kids with reading like that that's now what they're associating reading with right like Reading oh. should be a reward. Like it should be, it should feel good to be going out into the town and helping people. Yeah. Like yep. that should be its own reward. That's awesome. But anyway, we love um, funny stories from the world of education. We always like to end with like, like um, a, a chuckle um, or a giggle or a snicker, <laughs> like a fawn. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> It sounds like you've been doing it 23 years. I know you've got some stories. So when you're sitting around with your, um, your friends or family members and you, and you, and you want to whip out the anecdote that, um, you know, everyone's going to get a, get a kick out of what, give us a good one from, um, from the world of education that you th- just thought, Oh my goodness, this is so funny. I can't believe this kid did this or this teacher did this or this happened. So go ahead. So this one is really recent and. I'm sure this was not just a Kansas thing, but devious licks. Are you all familiar with? Uh, no, I'm not. So what do you mean? No, all right. No, what's devious licks? Oh goodness! So, it sounds like an alternative band. I love some devious sort licks. Of, uh, TikTok trend where kids would uh, video their TikTok while they're destroying or stealing something. Maybe. Oh, it's okay. From the yes, I'm, I didn't know. Or... I didn't know the. I didn't know the name it had. Okay. All okay. right. So we were not immune to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one day had kind of had enough and blocked off some bathrooms and there was only one bathroom that people could go to. And man, I got, I got raked over the coals by my, not my teachers, but parents, community, like, how could, how dare you? And, yeah. um, so I, you know, but I owned, I like, this is what we're doing. This is what's best. So things had kind of calmed down. I felt like we were on the right track and, um, in our front office, we have, two bathrooms. So um, I had my administrator meeting one day. And again, I thought things were headed in the right direction. And I got back in and I go into the front office and my secretaries just kind of had this look like, uh, you're not going to be happy about this. So I'm like, <laughs> what, what's going on? And they said, you need to go to the, just go look in your restroom. So I went in and the soap dispenser was gone. And like in the front office, 
restroom. Like, <laughs> like I lost my crap. Like I was, <laughs> like I lost yep. it. I'm like, yep. they took it from the front office. How did you not, not, I, I'm not a yeller, but how did we not see this? And, um, and my assistant principals, they looked at me and they knew like I was, like I was probably ready to quit. Like I, I mean, right. this this thing had just consumed our our days. And I, yeah. again, I thought we were on the right track. But she's my one gal. She's like, just go. You need to go to your office, have a seat, calm down. So I did, and then I look under my desk, and there's the two self dispensers. Nice. So oh, my nice. Uh, my PE guys who are notorious for pranks. <laughs> That is uh, stuff. Came in and and took the soap dispensers off and got me on tilt for a little bit. That, oh, that's oh. good. And post. And, I did, tell you what. Do we post that on TikTok? Can we do we is there, is there a video of <laughs> that? Be next I wish they the had link it. is in the show notes. <laughs> but honestly, it was it it was the best thing that ever probably could have happened because yes. it just it was a pretty intense time and yeah. we were like on edge. And being able to sit back and laugh about it mm-hmm. just made like, okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> but, that is good. Oh that man, is good. they had me. They, that, they got that, me. That is nice. Yeah. But she hit that reset button and like, Rihanna, okay, what, what are we really doing? Right, right, right. It's so it's soap dispensers. Yes, it's not something yeah. I need to like. Yes, I do not need to quit teaching because there's no soap dispensers. Yes, yeah. yeah. I know. I think I was without getting into it, and they 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 brought it back and i i don't know i'm not in that position and I, and I understand it was it was it was a hot mess they took away condiments from um our lunchroom kids were given burgers and they had no ketchup or mustard they could put on their on their burgers because like you know we're eating lunch in our classroom still and the kid's like well there's, there's no ketchup like do you have ketchup i'm like no i'm like they don't have ketchup there and like um and i didn't quite I didn't connect the dots till I found them. like, oh, it's not that the, the cafeteria is out of ketchup. The cafeteria just isn't giving ketchup, so the kids aren't smearing ketchup all over the um the bathrooms. So I'm like, oh. right, Ugh. yeah, yeah. So that's that's sad, but um, but there's ketchup now, so that's Hopefully. great. Yes. Yeah, we so. have soap now too, so we're yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun, so much fun. Yeah, it's not like other- there's any global yeah. reason why they would need to be washing their hands consistently. It's fine. Uh, no, it's- there's no right answer to that. No, no, there no, there is there's, and, and it is, it just, all it is, is it's a life lesson that like literally 5% of the population can make life really sucky for, um, for the other 95% with, with, with minimal effort, honestly. You know what I mean? Isn't that the truth? That's a great perspective. <laughs> no. no, my other fun one, I'll tell you real quick, yeah. uh, was during, was during an interview. Uh-huh. And interviewing for, I think it was a social studies. And I, I typically have like a committee of people who help me interview. So I've got like an assistant principal and a department chair and a, a kid or two sit in on the interviews. Oh, well, and, we don't have time to get into that, but I do want to get in on the whole kid being on the interview part. But anyway, maybe oh, go, go that's ahead. Awesome. Yes, oh, it part is. Part two. Yeah. There we go. Yes. There we go. Um, so we got this guy in and like he comes in, he's got, like lamb chops like he is he's nice. the lamb chop guy uh-huh um, but he is he's loud we'll, we'll call him loud talker guy oh so wow it's almost like he is screaming his answers at us oh my giant and, mutton chops and scream is he like a circus barker yes he's, he's he definitely know. is but um i look across the table and my sister principal kind of has his hand over his mouth and like he can't 
like you know he's like dying mm-hmm. he can't like mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he just starts hopping up and down because you know he's oh he's no kind of a bigger guy he got a big like santa claus belly oh my god and he just he kind of loses it during the oh interview. no Oh no! <laughs> so we're laughing at the guys being interviewed. Oh no! It, it becomes, so, that becomes contagious really quickly. I assume. Yes. It does. It's like the church giggles. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> we all had him, and we like we're just sitting there hopping up and down and doing our. Oh, and no. I, I, I'm pretty sure I skipped four or five questions just to get to the bottom. And yeah. Uh, and when he left, like we just all erupted and, and I felt really bad that we erupted, but yes. I didn't know what else to do. We were oh just like, God. this wasn't going to be the right fit, but Oh man. Oh, that's funny. To that's be funny. the secretary of education. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. I, so that reminds me, um, I didn't notice it. So we used to have these things that were called senior exit projects. So these kids, they had to do all these big things. And at the end, they had to give a presentation and show what their product was, which was a whole other thing. And they had to give like a five to eight minute speech. And the, they, we had all the teachers in the school had to judge them. So you were given this rubric and you were paired with a teacher or two and sometimes a parent. Normally it's either two or three of you in the room and they, the kids would come in every 20 minutes and you would, so you didn't know who these kids were. Some of them you knew from before. Some of them you had no idea who this kid was. And right. so kid comes in and I didn't notice it, but the other teacher did, right? The kid was just gently as they were talking, they had a little sway to them. So they were kind of going to the left and to the right and just a nervous, you know, yeah, like thing. A nervous tick, yeah. Whatever it was. And I, I was listening to what they were saying and trying to like see were they doing a good job and what, you know, teacher like sitting next to me writes a little note. She goes, I'm getting a little seasick. (laughs) 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 And she passes it to me and I read it and I'm like, now, now I'm you. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta like, and then I like, I make, and I make the mistake of, of course, making eye contact with her. And now, now we are both just, fighting it you know what i mean and and um but i have learned because i am a laugher giggler like that that i learned like speaking of church i've learned to do it, whether it be in church because my brother would try to make me laugh or other times in school so my go-to this is the solution by the way you take your nails and you just dig them as far into your thigh as you can and just pinch i just pinch i'm doing it right now i just pinch my thigh so like it's really an excruciating pain it's invisible to everyone else it's under the table and it no, hurts i'd rather your- laugh but. Yes, uh, well, <laughs> do your thing. Yeah, but it was oh, so it was a good time. So yeah, so that's that that's fun. All right, well, well, thank you, Mr. Bonds. We just had we had a blast having you here. Um, I don't think you have anything to plug, right? You don't have like a book or a website or anything like that, right? I know. I'm cool. I'm low key, yeah. low everything. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Not everyone has to have a book or a website to disco. Okay. All right. I don't know why I'm beating up to disco. I just want to. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really working hard on our 15 books. Oh, oh wait. Yes. Yeah. I have this great one. I think I listened to you guys last time. Okay. Education. I started a new podcast. No, I'm teasing. Oh, okay. Education. <laughs> You guys copyrighted it, I think. Oh, did we? Right. Oh, oh, is that? Go oh. back to the edu- edu chaos episode. Oh, That's look right. at you. Okay. <laughs> I I suck at remembering things sometimes. I don't know. But in the <laughs> rough episode, the episode that's not team. out yet, though, I did I did coin. I said, um, "Shut your door and 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 um, do your own thing, or do what's best for the kids and 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 the students." Is, is also a book that I'm I'm working on. Um, there you go. But anyway, Mr. Botts, we we loved having you here. Um, so um. At, Consider changing your first name to Seymour. Anyway, um, 
I mind. I've been called way worse, so I, I, I'm good. Oh. <laughs> We've officially reached yes. uh, Simpsons levels. Of we have. We have. I had to go there. I knew, job, one more. I knew I had one more in me. I really did. So, um, no, we really appreciate it. It's been a blast, and um, thank you so much. And to all our listeners, we thank you so much, um, and hope you're enjoying yourselves. But thanks again, and as we always say at the end, stay unprofessional. Awesome. That was so much fun. Yeah.